0: All the way from the mills of Sunbury,
1: Michael Hansen. Give it up. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. Hey, well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see all of you. Um, We've been in a series called Distracted, and this is week two of of the series. And basically what we're looking at or talking about in this series is how uh, you and I, are, we live at a time when we are incredibly distracted and we're distracted from uh, who God has made us to be and what God has made us to do and we've been, uh, as we're going through this series, we're looking at it through the eyes of, uh, of our church mission statement and that is there's uh, four connects, that we as a church, we want to grow in our connection to God, we want uh, to we grow in our connection to the church, we want to grow in our connection to our purpose, and then we want to grow in our connection to, uh, to our community. And uh, last weekend, Andrew kicked it off. And he was looking at how we're distracted from, uh, from our connection to God. And he did a great job just establishing how incredibly uh, distracted we are as a, as a people. And today, I'm going to be talking about that, uh, that we're distracted from our connection uh, to the church. Now, when you hear the word church, uh, don't think building uh, Martin Luther, the German theologian, said this. He said, now the church is not wood and stone, but the company of people who believe in Christ. When you hear the word church, always say to yourself, the church is people. It's us. The church is a, is a gathering of people. And, and so when, when, when you hear a talk, typically when you hear a talk about connecting the church, I know where some of your minds may go is to the whole thing of church attendance. Like that like, uh, uh, this is going to be one of those talks. Uh, attendance really is part of, the, uh, uh, part of what I'm going to be talking about. I think it is a significant part of what it means to connect to the church, to the community. But it's way, way bigger uh, than that. When I talk about being connected to the church, it's being connected to a, to a community of people who have embraced a belief that we are all necessary and part of something that's way bigger than us. That this is a gathering of people who believe in Jesus. And who are you know, doing our best to follow Jesus together. That we want to be more, uh, more and more like Jesus. And, and again, you know, in a talk like this, I know that for some of you, it may stir some guilt. Uh, but that's not my, it's not my intent at all. Uh, really my intent is that, or my hope is that by the end of this talk... When it comes to how you think about church, and especially how you think about connecting uh, to the church, and this is in your notes that that it would be more something that we get to do versus something that we uh, that we have to do. So, uh, uh, and, and I my hope is that you would you know by the end of this talk you'd see the incredible privilege, uh, really, and the necessity there is for you and I to be connected uh, to the church. You know, I was. Uh, raised in the church. I think I was born in a church, uh, uh, almost. But I, I, in my 34 years of life, okay, he just lied. But in my, you know, 51 years of life, I have never not been connected to Christian community. It's my entire life. It's, it's, you know, it's been connected to a community, different communities, of believers. And when I think about that and I think about uh, my understanding of God, my understanding of who I am, and my understanding of why I'm on this planet, I know that it would not be as clear as it is, that understanding. I, I know that it wouldn't be as life-giving as it is if it wasn't for the church. If it wasn't for all these people, this gathering of believers who over the years God has used to you know, really to form and mold and, you know, and, and encourage who, who I am. And, you know, the alternative to connection would be obviously disconnection. And one of the dangers of being disconnected uh, is, is that really you're missing out on the life that God intends for each one of us. Just listen to this quote. <clears throat> it says, on the most elementary level, you do not have to go to church to be a Christian. You do not have to go home to be married either. But in both cases, if you do not, you will have a very poor relationship. Isn't that a great quote? Uh, God's desire for each one of us is to be connected, right? That we would be a community, a gathering of people, and that together we would, uh, uh, we would experience all the blessings, all the blessings and benefits there are to being, uh, to being the church. So let me, let me pray for us, and then I'm going to, uh, we'll jump into the notes here. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, just another, another Sunday, another time to gather together. I thank you, Lord, for, for each one that's here. Lord, I thank you for your presence as we've, been, as we've been worshiping you. It's just so obvious that you're with us. And I pray that all that we've been singing about how beautiful and powerful and wonderful you are, I just pray that as we continue today that you would, uh, you would come close to each one in this room. Lord, we we welcome you here and just say, you come come teach us more about the church. Lord, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be jumping around a little bit, but number one in your notes, and I have four points today, which is not normal. So uh, uh, put your seatbelts on. We're going to be roaring through here. So number one is, why is it important? Why is it important to be connected to the church? Uh, uh, well, first, there's a lot of reasons I, I, I could give for that, but I'm just going to look at two. And the first one is this. Uh, why is it important to be connected to the church? The first reason is because it's God's plan. It's God's intent. It's, God's, it's always been God's desire. And because it's His plan, that's, that makes it very important. And I mean, if you think before you and I existed, before the planets and all creation existed... God wasn't like this, you know, this being just just sort of floating around in in nothingness. You know, like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to make some people. I mean, that's not not what existed before us. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what we call the Trinity, that this, you know, three in one. And, And long before any of us existed, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit had perfect community beautiful community, like love and, and, you know, and friendship, enjoyment of one. Another. I mean, think of the best of human relationships. Just think about, you know, the best of human relationships that you've experienced, and that's just a taste of what has always been long before any of us uh, existed. And and, and the, when I talk about it being God's plan, this whole thing of connection, what you see is there's this you know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they have this incredible, just joy enjoyment of one another, and this incredible love with each other, and they're looking at that, and then they they make people, and then and then you know what what they do is they they turn to each individual and they invite us into that community that we're invited to come, like hey you want to join this too, and and really you know I was thinking this week about how. Uh, Really, what it means to be a Christian. If you're here today and you're, you know, just checking out Christianity, or if you're here today and, and you're a Christian, but you really struggle with uh, performance, some of us fall into performance traps, like I got to be good enough to be in that circle, to join in that. Know that the, the very foundation of what it means to be a Christian, the very heart of what it means to be a Christian is relationship with God. Like the very, like where it starts, where it continues, and where it well, really, never ends. Goes on and on and on. Is that every one of us, every one, is a, uh, one of us has been invited into this incredible community—the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This in- incredible community of love and acceptance, and just and just really a picture of perfect uh, uh, community. And and you know, uh, uh, we just completed a series on the Book of John. And uh, if you remember that series, there's, there's a section of the, of the book of John, chapters 13 to 17, where uh, Jesus, it's his last recorded words to his disciples before he um, uh, goes to the cross. So this is a pretty significant time. He's talking to his followers, and, and uh, he says all these different things. And one of the things he says in John 17, it says this, uh, verse 11, Jesus prays, he says, I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. And he's talking about his disciples, his followers. They are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Isn't it interesting when Jesus, you know, he's praying and his, his followers can hear him. And as he's praying and he says to God, you know, Father, I'm leaving. This is going to be, their world is getting ready to, Change in a significant way. And then he says, Father, protect them. Like this is really important. Father, protect them. Why? Why does he pray that? Does he pray protect them, you know, so that they don't mess it up? Because I'm not sure about the team that I've assembled here, right? Or does he pray, uh, Father, protect them so that they'll be really productive? Because, boy, they've got a lot of work to do. Or is it, Father, protect them so that they will represent us well? After all, they are uh, our ambassadors. And no, like why does he pray, protect them? He says, protect them so that they may be one. Basically, he's saying, Father, protect the community. So when I ask that question, why is it important... Well, the first reason is because it's God's plan. It has always been God's plan to gather a people, not just, you know, to come uh, stand around Him, but to come close and to be connected both with Him and with one another. Uh, another reason why it's important is, I said in the introduction, like, you know, do you, do you have to be connected to the church to be a Christian? Well, no, no, you don't. But to not be connected, you are missing out on all the uh, blessings, all the benefits of being connected, and and there's lots I could talk about, but one of them, and one that I, I would say I experience on a daily basis from being connected to the church, is the, the blessing of encouragement. That have you not experienced that God, you know, one of the the uh, results of being connected to the church, of this connected to this community, is that God uh, speaks through others. God uh, shows his love through others, through actions, through words, to, to encourage us, to really bless us and lift us up. I mean, if you say yes to Jesus, here's one of the things. If you say yes to this community, what you'll discover real quickly is that uh, there's a lot of resistance to this community. And meaning, there's a lot of, there's a, we're, in a, we're in a battle. We have an enemy that doesn't want uh, us to connect. And one of the things that is so encouraging about the you know the 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 church is you know we we, we gather together on the weekend we gather uh, if you 're in a small group during the week uh, throughout the week you we we 're talking with one another there 's phone calls there 's texts there 's emails on and on uh, where God literally will speak through someone to encourage you as you 're going through all the challenges and all the you know, just the struggles of life and all the resistance to you following, uh, following after him. And let me ask you a question: How many of you would say, this week, that you uh, have received encouragement because you're connected to the church? How many of you would say that? Put your hand up real high. Now look at that. Look at that. That's odd. Awesome. I mean, last night uh, there were three more hands that went up. <laughs> no, but that is a beautiful picture. Of what it means to be connected to the church, of God's plan, that that not only you know that, that we would be one, that we, there would be this, this mutual uh, benefit from being connected uh, to each other. Ephesians four fifteen says in it says instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's God's plan. And, you know, we were not made to be alone. I mean, think about uh, back in Genesis, the first few chapters of Genesis, where God is creating all this amazing stuff and he's making the, you know, all the planets and the mountains and trees. And, and, and he typically would end his day by saying, hey, it's It's good. You know, then, then he makes ice, and he makes skates, and some pucks, and a Sherwood ultralight hockey stick, and he said, it's very good, but when he makes, write that down in your notes, but when he makes Adam, and here's Adam standing there surrounded by all these cool animals, and he's naming them, am I blowing into my mic, Bill? I'll pull it off here, there we go, I'll stick it behind my ear, there we go, um, Here's Adam surrounded by all these animals and God looks at that after all these times and all these times where it's good, it's good, it's good. He looks at Adam all by himself and he goes, that's not good. That's not good that Adam is alone. So what does he do? You know, and don't just think marriage. Don't just think that when we think about Eve, don't just think Adam and Eve marriage, procreation, because really the issue in the story was Adam was alone. And so God... Uh, made him a helper, and Eve helped Adam out of his aloneness. You know, one of the primary ways that God works in our lives is through others. We need each other, and you know, one of the things I was thinking about this week as I was putting my talk together is I thought of, I've been in this church now for uh, just over 10 years, and I realized that because of you, that my life is different. I mean, you, you might want to confirm this with, with Helen, but I think I've actually matured a little bit. <laughs> in, right, and, but it has been through many, many of you uh, being Jesus to me. That God has spoke, he's spoken through you to me. That God has, has, has changed my life through your actions. Through rhubarb pie, for instance. <laughs> Keep it coming. But, but I realized that, uh, that my life is different because I'm connected to the church. That literally gifts have awakened in me that I didn't know were there. And it hasn't been because I went to a conference or read a book. It's just been through being together. And I'm sure if we had the time to go around the room with a microphone, many of you would say the same thing. You'd look back on however many years that the community, this connection to the church has, that you've grown because of it and you've been encouraged through it. So why is it important? It's God's plan. It's a place of encouragement. Let me look at a couple of distractions now, right? Now, what would distract us from this connection to the church? Number two in your notes is the distraction of busyness and changing priorities, and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I think back, I was like 11, 12, early teen years. It would have been back in the 70s, in the 1970s. And, uh, and some of you may remember this, but I can remember if it was Saturday and you needed uh, groceries or you needed uh, to get gas, you better get that on Saturday before the, door, the stores close. Why? Because nothing is going to be open on Sunday. Do you, actually, do you remember that? I mean, it sounds like I just stepped out of a time machine. That sounds like I was from the 1870s. But you know, I I remember growing up uh, not just within uh, the church or within Christian circles. Like uh, I can remember hearing in the radio or, and how people would talk about Sunday. Sunday was known as and called the day of rest. I mean, it wasn't just in the church. Everyone sort of looked at it that way. And and uh, and far from being a distraction, I I look back on those days, the good old days when. When really the culture uh, was encouraging our connection, was encouraging, hey, this is important. We've set a whole day aside. You need to connect, a like community, and, and, and you know, gathering together. And, but then it changed. And here's the thing I, I want to uh, point out of that is that uh, we didn't just go, you know what, wouldn't it make more sense to have all the stores open Saturday and Sunday because that makes sense for shopping? And, and so why don't we take Sunday, why don't we take this day of rest and move it to Tuesday? Well, <laughs> are you okay, Giles? <laughs> but, uh, but we didn't do that, right? We didn't move it. We lost it. The day of rest, we, we lost uh, the day of rest. So now it's shopping 24-7. And for many of you, you work crazy shifts. It's working 24-7. It's, it's activities 24-7. I mean, talk about distraction. We don't have time to be connected. I'm sure for many of you, you would agree that, that you, when you look at your life and your routines, that you kind of feel like you're, like you're dragged around through life. For many of us, when you, you, know, when you lay your head in the pillow at night, uh, uh, it's hard to go to sleep because you've got like this, many things, but you've got this unfinished to-do list that just keeps spinning in your mind. I mean, we are a maxed people just running from, from this to that and this to that. And uh, Matthew six thirty three says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God is uh, really smart. And what I mean is he knows, he gets the human condition. He knows how easily we're, uh, we're distracted. And so when he comes to us and sort of says, Here, here's the requirements. I'm going to give you one thing. I'm giving you one thing to focus on, to seek in this life, and that's, that's my kingdom. And really what that means is uh, you know, that God's plan, God's intent for us is that we would increasingly be a people who as you go about your life, the big things, the little things, all our routines, etc., that we would be a people who are constantly inviting God into the situations of our life. Like, what do you say about this, this decision, big, little? What, you know, I, I know what I think. I know what the experts say. But I'm going to seek your opinion first. I'm going to invite, you know, you into this situation. I, you know, and I would say, <coughs> excuse me, I would say that uh, for most of us, that's, that's, a, that's hard to do. And, and, a, and a more accurate way to, to, to quote, you know, Matthew 6.33 would be, but seek first all these things, and if there's any time left over, seek his kingdom. Now, uh, at this point, I want to make sure nobody is feeling unnecessary guilt. And, and, and what I mean by that is I recognize for some of you, you're sitting there listening to what I'm saying, and you're... You know, maybe what's going off in your mind is, well, uh, that sounds really good in theory what you're saying about seeking after the kingdom first, but I've got lots of bills to pay, and I've got, you know, just start naming off all your responsibilities, and you know, and I have to have a job, and I don't want to work six days a week. I don't want to work 10 hours a day. I would love to, you know, I'd love to have more time. Well, let me me say this to you. My challenge would be to you, if you're here today and you look at your schedule, at your life and the way you live your life, and if you feel dragged around, you're just running from this to that to that to that, let me encourage you to start a conversation with God. God who is, is this constant inviting God, right? He's constantly saying, no, come closer, come closer. The God who listens, the God who speaks, I want to encourage you to start a conversation with him. And just start talking with him about your life. Just start talking with to him about your job and your commitments. And, and just, like I said, invite him into that situation because he wants to give you wisdom. It is not his intent that you are dragged around through your life. His promise, the promise that he makes in Matthew 6.33 is, is son, daughter, if you will seek me first, if you will just... Keep inviting me into all the situations and decisions of your life. His promise is that he will look after everything else, your bills and all these responsibilities. And let me just say one thing about busyness and, and priorities. You know, we didn't just lose, <coughs> we didn't just lose uh, Sunday to shopping. We also lost Sundays to, to sports. And uh, I may need an escort. Out of the building, I know, boy, he's, man, he's really swinging hard today. You know, I remember speaking with a family, this was like two or three years ago, uh, and they were newer in the church, they'd been in the church like uh, four, five months, and it was after one of the services, and we were talking out in the lobby, and and uh, as we were sort of ending our conversation, I was shook the gentleman's hand, and he said to me, he said, hey, by the way, uh, 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 you're not going to see us for the summer. And I said, I thought, Oh, I said, are you going on a trip or something? And he said, no. He said, our kids are in, uh, on travel teams, and so you're not going to see us for the whole summer. And, you know, he was right. I didn't see him for the summer. In fact, I never saw them again. Now, in fairness, because, you know, my hope is that they've connected somewhere to another church and that they're doing great, but, but it's, it's really concerning to me as I get to know people and I get to know just your, your lives more, it's really concerning to me the, the, the growing demand that sports teams put on, our, on families, the financial uh, demands, the, the time, the, the, uh, you know, just the, the pull on our relationships, both with the family and, and with the, the church family. And so here's what I would say to you if that's, if that's you. I would ask you to consider a question, and the question would be, is what trajectory am I on, or what trajectory are we on as a family? And what I mean by that is, is God moving closer to the center of our lives? You know, in, in our list of priorities, is God moving up and up and up towards number one, which is, which is a good thing, as we, as we make our decisions and schedules and routines and all this, or is he moving further from the center? Is he becoming less and less of a priority? You know, so the question is, what, what trajectory? You look over the last year. And this is, this is important, because this is where I don't want to sound heavy-handed. But I say this, you know, and challenge you, if that's you, with great conviction, because if God says the number one thing to do in your life is to seek after him and to and to. And to to seek out what his plans are for you and your family, well, then I would say that's really important and something to take real seriously. So let me challenge this. If you with this. If, you're, if that's your family situation, this is an awesome opportunity for you as a mom and a dad uh, to model to your kids what it means to seek after God. And so I would encourage you to take the time as a family to pray to pray about the decisions you make and what you're involved in and what you're not involved in. To ask Him, you know, God, and all the different decisions that, would, that may or may not impact your, your connection to the church, invite Him into that and to seek after His will. That's one distraction. Next one. Uh, number three in your notes is the distraction of individualism and consumerism. And one of the, one of the main pictures of the church of this gathering, one of the main pictures we see in the Bible is that God sees us as a body, right? We are one body with lots and lots of different parts, with Jesus as the head. And what you see all throughout the Bible is that God speaks to us. He speaks to us as a community. So in the Old Testament, we you know over and over, it's here, O Israel. He speaks to His people. He speaks to it's it's more. Uh, we than me, right? He's looking at us. Uh, in the New Testament, it's interesting that when the disciples, when they, when they come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, you know, you're, you're always praying. Could you teach us how to pray, Jesus? Isn't it interesting that when Jesus teaches them how to pray, he doesn't say, like, gather around, guys. Here's how, here's how you pray. You say, uh, dear Father, my personal trainer, right? That's not how, that's not how the Lord's prayer starts, It's interesting to me that when Jesus teaches these guys how to pray, that he not only teaches them an awesome uh, blueprint of how to communicate with God and how to pray about life, but he also passes on his perspective of thinking we, not just me. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a pro at being self-centered. And I see just the brilliance of God that when they say, teach us how to pray. And you know, the Lord's Prayer is what I'm talking about. That, it's, that it's, it starts with our Father. Right? Give us our daily bread. You know, forgive us our sins. Lead us, you know, not into temptation. On and on and on. And if, if that's a, and I would encourage you if it isn't, that to make that a daily practice of praying the Lord's Prayer. And because here's what I've found Again, I'm a professional, self-centered person. It comes very natural. But when I sit down and I say, Our Father, who, are, you know, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Give us. When I, when I pray we instead of me, I'm amazed that something changes in my heart and my mind. Because I start thinking more about we than me. And I find the impact of that, of praying that way, is I'm praying more, for others than for myself Uh, you know the bible focuses more on us than on i but but i would say and i'm sure you would agree our culture has flipped that around that uh one of the biggest distractions we have to connecting to the churches is the distraction of ourselves and and what i mean is from a young age we learn that our happiness our fulfillment are priority one that uh, you know i am convinced that that our economy uh Is depending on you and I looking out for number one, and getting you know looking after me. Uh, I think it drives a lot of our economy. So how does this this distract us from connecting to the church? This attitude of individualism and, and consumerism. If we aren't careful, that self centered attitude will work its way into our connection here. And we'll start, you know, we'll start making decisions uh, or, 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 you know, facing different things that come, that are just part of being in a community like this, well, if, if we look at them through that attitude of, well, what's best for me? And what will be easiest for me? Or what will make me happy? If we have that approach, I believe we're going to miss out on one of the, the key benefits of us uh, being together. And it's interesting to me that you look in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, that that God sees our connection with the church community so important that many times when when He disciplines people, many times when He you know when He does things to people, you look in the Old New Testament to get their attention, to you know to, to get them to con, you know to come to their senses, and what you see over and over is God will remove people from the community. He'll disconnect people, and and it's, and it's discipline. He's doing it to get their attention. Numbers 15, 30, uh, uh, it says, But anyone who sins defiantly, whether native-born or foreigner, blasphemes the Lord and must be cut off from the people of Israel. Now, isn't that interesting? And God, you know, you, if you read through the Bible, He, he disciplines, he does, he does other things to get people's attention. But one of the ways we see over and over is, is that God would remove people from the community. That God, see, he knows the great value and benefit of of being connected. I think earlier cultures, in earlier times, people understood the value of community way more than we do. And again, because of our individualism. Uh, In in, in older times, to to be disconnected from your community really was to be be disconnected from the source, from the source of identity. Identity the source of, of, uh, of protection, the source of life. And one of the dangers of individualism and, and consumerism is, is if we only embrace what we like, if we only go after what makes us happy, then we miss out on one of the primary means of growth that God does within this community. And it's, the, it's having to deal with the challenge of connection meaning uh, the challenge of learning to love other people, of, of being connected, the, the challenge of being in community with people that we would not normally choose to be in community with, the challenge of working to get along, to accept others for who they are. Ephesians 4.3 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And it says, you and I make every effort that we work hard towards unity, towards connection, towards community, it's as we do that, that we grow. Because God's intent for each one of us is that we would become more like Jesus. And one of the primary ways that he does that is, is that he knows just the right person to bring into your life. He knows just the right person to join your group. Right? He knows just the right situation or even just the right offense to do his work in you. To invite you into that place of struggle, that, that challenge of connection. Because it's in that place of, of, of working, that, of exerting that effort to learn how to say, Okay, God, I want to disconnect. Because we are quick to disconnect when we're hurt. But of saying, Okay, God, but your plan is for us to be connected. And you say, I'll be much healthier if I'm connected. So God, you've got to help me, help us. And whether it means bringing someone else into that conversation, but it's as we work through those uh, struggles, etc., that really, I think God does some of his best work in our lives. There could be a person in your life right now, someone who you're maybe working real hard to avoid. That person may be a total gift from God. Because there's, some, there's an area in your life he wants to grow. That he wants to mature in you. But it will take effort for us to move towards this connection that God's planned for us. Number four in your notes. We'll end off with this. Uh, it, number four is the goal of connection. <clears throat> one of the things I love about the church. And, and how God sees us as a body. One bo- you know One body, many parts. One of the things I love about that is that. Uh, every part of the body is necessary. First uh, Corinthians 12:14 says this. It says, "Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now, if the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body," it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, "Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body," it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. One of the things I love about just how God works, you know in Jesus as the head of this body of us that wherever he goes and whatever he does, the entire body goes with him. That, that every part of the body is necessary. There's never, God never looks at a part of his body and goes, I, I don't need you on this one. You can, you know, you can just sit this one out. Or, he, he doesn't do that. God has a plan, a plan that he's working on this planet, and he, his, part of that plan is to use everything Every part of the body, not just a few superstars or super parts. He needs every part of the body. And for us to, to you know, jump into that, for us to be part of what God is doing, it's going to require each part of the body to purposely pursue connection. And, and we need to understand that the word distraction is not a passive word, or really, the, I guess the better way to put that is the concept of distraction is not passive. It's really active. Something is a distraction because it's distracting us. That it's, it is working, whatever that is, it's working to draw us away from what we should be focusing on. And it's going to take effort for you and I to pursue that, uh, that connection. So let me get practical. Uh, for some of you, I want to challenge you to try out a small group. Uh, uh, and I don't just mean sort of walk in once, use the restroom and leave. <clears throat> I mean, make a decision to commit. Okay, so for like two months, we're going to try out a small group. I just want to encourage you to, to give it a chance. And, you know, I, I, I believe one of the reasons this church is so healthy, not perfect, but so healthy is because uh, so many are, are connected in small groups. And weekend services are great, uh, but they cannot accomplish the depth of, of uh, connection that happens in a, in a small group. Now, if you're here today and you're someone who, maybe your schedule doesn't allow small groups, you have a you know, crazy work schedule, whatever it is, uh, or if you're someone here today who, uh, the thought of being in a small group of people and being vulnerable is like, I would rather have a root canal, right? If that's, if that's you, and I know for some, whether maybe you've been hurt or uh, I, I totally get that. But let me, let me challenge you in this one. Let me challenge you because it's God's plan, because it's, it's better for you. It's better for the body to be connected. Let me challenge you to take a, a step into community. And what I mean is um, if you're a, 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 a guy, why don't you pursue one other guy? If you're a, a woman, why don't you pursue one other woman? And just make a commitment. Again, it's just, it's just a step into community. Make a commitment to say, let's get together for coffee once a month and just start growing this community. Because here is the goal of connection. The goal of connection is that God would take this unlikely group of people and through his power, his presence among us, his love, his life-changing, unifying power that he would take this group of people and just start moving us closer and closer and closer to where there's this, you know, where here on earth uh, you're having a a, a taste of what's going on, has been going on forever with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this perfect, beautiful community that God would would, uh, work that into our community and that people that don't know Jesus yet would look at that, would look at us and go, I want in. I want to be part of that. That the, that the way that we treat each other and love each other and encourage each other would be so attractive uh, to other people. That's the goal of this connection. Why don't we, why don't we stand up? Here's how we're going to end off today. <clears throat> um, you know, many times in the Bible you see when Jesus, he'd be out walking around and he'd come upon a group of people. And, uh, it, you know, you, what you'd see is Jesus, he'd be moved by, com- he would be moved by compassion, and he would, he would be sensitive to all the needs amongst the people, the community. And then he would, you know, he would heal and love and encourage and on and on. And, and that's how we want to end off today. We want, to, we want to be like Jesus to, to each other. And, here, and here's what I mean. You're probably like, oh boy, what does that mean? What I've done, I've asked some people, I've got... Trace, perfect. I've asked some people during, I, said, I just asked them, hey, during worship or during the message, I hope you're listening somewhat to the message, but I want you to ask God for a physical condition. Just ask him for a physical condition because we want to pray for people. So uh, why don't you guys go ahead and just share and then we'll, yeah, go for it, yeah. Bill. So I was thinking um, on this and praying that God would show me something. And I feel like, um, I think this is really relevant in our society nowadays, but I think there's some people who really struggle with addiction, addiction, and it may not, it may be chemical, it may be alcohol, it may be pornography, it may be, um, there's a lot of different ways of being addicted to things, Um, maybe
0: it's just you have an addictive personality where you easily fall into
1: traps, so if that's you, um, I think we'd like to pray for you. When i was praying on it uh the lord I, I usually have to like grind it out to listen for words and it was immediate it was for migraines and for chronic fatigue if you're suffering from any of those two things we definitely want to give prayer for you it was real fast for me too um, when michael said that i so, um, felt that there were someone that had or some ones that had hand tremors uh, and God wants to address that. I think there's some nerve damage connected with that, but that, I'm not a medical person, so it also may be if there's nerve damage in your hands. <laughs> that, I think he's, he's mentioning that, but also spinal stenosis, uh, which I didn't know what that was actually, and I was sitting next to someone who worked in a medical office, and I said, is this a real condition? And she said, yes. And uh, as a matter of fact, her husband has that. So, <laughs> So I think if you have spinal stenosis also. Awesome, great. Good, I just good, Bill. Okay, so who? Do you want to put your hand up? Any of those words? Who would that be? Put your hand up real high. Oh, oh, put them up real high. Okay. Okay. We need. So let me say this then: If you're here today and you have any pain in your body, could you put your hand up? Okay. See that? I just had to have that word. That's all you needed. So here's what we're gonna do. That's awesome. Uh, we're just going to move around. Sarah's going to lead us in a song. And we're just going to pray. And all I mean is, you know, when, when I say go, we want to make sure everyone who has their hand up has someone praying for them. And all you need to do is go up and say, what's your name? My name is, hmm? Uh, what can I pray for you? Here's my condition. Don't talk, you know, don't have to talk long, long. Just go right to prayer and just put a hand on their shoulder and just talk to God. And say, God, would you come to enter their name uh, and, and heal their body and touch their body? So, uh, put your hand up real high if that's you. We always lose hands when they know what we're going to do. And, <laughs> but let's make sure so you're going to have to. You're probably going to have to leave your seat unless you have really long arms. Let's make sure everyone is being prayed for. I know this is stretching for some of you, but uh, uh, let's try to get in on it and be the body to each other. So as Sarah leads us in this last song, let's make sure. Oh, Michael, go for it. Go for it.
0: Hi, good morning. I had a during worship. Actually, I had. A really bizarre sensation in my hand and felt like the Lord was highlighting that. Is there someone in here that has a problem oh. with their left hand? Where I felt it was like right between like, between my finger and, I don't know, in my hand at the top of your thumb, kind of in that triangle section. Does anybody have a problem with their left hand in that area? And this might be weird for some of you too, and that's okay, but sometimes God will give you a a sensation, and perhaps it's something we can pray for. But if that's you, please raise your hand and let the people around you pray for you.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, so let's start moving around the room again. Folks, put your hand up. You get $25. No, that's not true, but you'll get prayed for. Okay. So let's make sure everyone's prayed for. Look around you. You're not the healer, right? Jesus is the healer. You just go and love on the person, pray for them. Let's make sure everyone, I still see hands up, so some of you are going to have to move. I know this is stretching, but try it out. Be brave. So it, once someone comes to you, put your hand down. But if you still need prayer, put your hand up. Let's make sure everyone is being prayed for. And again, if this is new to you, feel free to just go, just go and observe. But uh, Sarah's going to lead us a song, and then, and then I'll come on back, and we'll end off the service. Thank you for just such a great picture of the body, being the body. Lord, we pray that you would just relieve the pain. We pray that you would touch people with your love, your power. Lord, we ask that you would heal, heal people. Wherever the need is today, we pray that you would come close and meet it. Okay, so here's here's how we're going to end off uh, the service, really end off. We've been talking about connecting to the church, so we're, I want to say a prayer for us, but I'm going to ask you, if you're not uncomfortable already, we're going to take it to a whole new level. No, no, I'm not. Look at that. Lock the doors. No, if you want to stretch out and hold hands, can we just hold hands through the whole church? Try that. Last night, it was, it was actually quite comical. We, uh, we probably needed some people with white hard hats, you know, foremans, to get it accomplished. But look around. Make sure we're all connected in some way. Wow, you guys, you guys get a prize. You are that's, that's, you guys are getting a, All right, and I'm holding. Look at that. Maybe that's, well, okay. Let me pray for us. So Lord, I thank you for this uh, simple but powerful picture right now. We're connected, Lord. And I just, I bless what you're doing in this community, in this church. And I pray, Lord, I pray that you would do your work in us, that you would teach us how to be uh, connected. Lord, we just, we pray that you continue that work and that that I pray that we would increasingly just be, uh, uh, that people would see Jesus in us. Lord, that they would see you in the way that we love each other, the way we treat each other. Lord, uh, just connect us. Thank you for today in Jesus' name. Amen.